Hola, this is Lorena Junco Margain, and I'm so excited for this journey. We decided to launch this podcast to share my story with the hope that you could connect the dots of your life and truly be on your way. Today on On My Way, part three of Lorena's conversation with Marissa Garcia, who in this installment shares some advice on how to introduce conscious living into our own communities and expresses her concern for the lack of deep reflection in American culture. Lorena opens up about an emotional conversation in a recent episode, and Marissa concludes by reading a statement she wrote to herself upon turning 40, promising herself to not please people at the cost of her own truth and staying vigilant to make choices out of abundance, not out of fear. Now to today's episode. One of my biggest frustrations in the U.S., and I was actually pretty sad about it, this was my first time I ever voted. Mm -hmm. I have always seen the U.S. as a, you know, there's rule of law, there's balance in the powers, etc. And now that I care because I became an American citizen and I was so looking forward to voting, and I know it was a combination of COVID and many other circumstances, but I felt the division being so strong and it brought out like the worst part of many of us. I didn't know if it was me being a first timer or is it this a special time in history that we're going through. They always say don't talk about politics or God Mm -hmm. when you're dining and that feels like suppression for me because if you cannot talk with your open heart and your vision. That's my personal vision. And if we have these dialogues without going to violence, without going to, I think the world would be better. So let's put the context of you and I not agreeing on how we view, assuming you're from one party in Mexican. Okay, okay. I'm assuming from the other party in Mexican and we both. A healthy conversation. How would we have and put on the table a healthy conversation versus no politics, right? no religion. That's why that we're I, fighting, yes, actually. But that idea of no talking politics is based on fear that we cannot comprehend each other. And that if we start talking about this stuff, we will get into a fight. So better don't touch it. You know, we rather don't touch what it's uncomfortable because I don't know if I'm going to tolerate it. So what happens? I mean, we're just showing each other that we have zero tolerance. If we had tolerance, really, we could put any topic on the table and we would learn from each other whatever resonates with you. You would not take it personally. The problem is we're taking it personally. Correct. The problem is whatever is exposed at the table, you're making it it, it about yourself. When you make that's it the about... Ego. That's the ego. When you take something that is neutral and you give it a specific meaning, and then it causes you to react. It causes your gut to get, you know, rock like a rock and just you're uncomfortable. Then you're making it about yourself. It's not just a neutral topic. You're giving it significance. You're giving it something very particular. And then you're projecting. 
So then what happens? Those are, those are called triggers. Whatever's out there, if you grab it and make it so personal, it will trigger you. It will have a significance, a particular significance that will touch something very particular to you, something in your childhood, something from your belief system. So how do you own it? How do you own it? You have to go back and say, huh, this comment, maybe they're saying, you know, this party, they're so incompetent and they do everything wrong. And I'm taking it so personal, you know, why incompetent? They do this and this and this right. How are you seeing their incompetency? I'm making it about myself. Maybe I try my hardest to fit in. I try my hardest to make a difference in the world. And maybe I can support this party. But they're just seeing the flaws. They're not seeing the positive side. And if they're not seeing it of the party, they're not seeing it about me. So I take this so personal that then the monster roars, you know, and fights back. I had a fascinating um, experience. So for the citizenship test, mm -hmm. I would be studying, you know, the all the, the booklet they give you in the Constitution, in the amendments and this and that. And I started becoming a purist because I love reading. So <laughs> I need to read the Constitution and learn about it and this and that. And um, I was very reactive about the wall. Okay. The border wall. Yes. And we were in our construction site and I told the builder, so when are we building our fences? And Eduardo was like, didn't you say healthy boundaries? And I'm like, <laughs> no fences allowed in this house. <laughs> <laughs> like not to my Mexican wall, but I do want my wall here. And he kind of smooshed it in my face. And I'm like, oh, wow. oh my gosh, I'm actually not against walls. It was 100% my projection. Of your integration to both cultures. Correct. Which is what you're doing now. Correct. Because I felt I had to be either one or the other, this side or the other. So a fence represented to you division. I don't want that in my life. I want to integrate. I want to be Mexican and American. Don't put a fence on me. But in my real life, I do want a fence mm -hmm. in my home. Because we need healthy boundaries. You know, not being able to place boundaries also comes from a childhood wound. Yeah. Because when we place boundaries, what do we say to ourselves? You're, I mean, you're not a good child. You're not good enough. People are not going to love you. Yes. You don't appreciate me. And again, it's not personal. Mm -hmm. It's about economics. It's a much more complex problem right. than what we see. Right. As in a house, it's a much more complex problem. I don't want my kids to drown. I want privacy. I don't want to have strangers approaching my kids. You know, it all comes out of a good intention. Right. And healthy boundaries are needed. We need to place healthy boundaries all our life. Some people have more trouble than others. Why? Because it represents something to place yeah. a boundary. You know, I have an attachment to someone needs to knock the door. Okay. It's like, yes, you can come in, but, but knock, knock the door. I grew up in a girl's environment and that's how my brother was instructed to do so. It's because, you, you know, as girls, you're going through different stages. Your body is going through different stages. And I grew up like tap, tap, 
Mm-hmm. And you can come in. I'll receive you when I'm mm-hmm. ready. And whenever my kids open the door without you knocking, I'm like, you didn't <laughs> knock the door. And I'm like, come on, uh, come on. You know, like they're in your bed and out and in and they're in your life. They're your life. But, but you make the statement. I make knock the, the door. Ask me first if I'm ready. Yes. You know, there's there are healthy boundaries. It's okay. Yeah. You want to see, you know, that you're showing the other that you need to approach with respect. Or not. Yeah. I can evaluate if that serves me or it stopped serving me. Yeah. But nothing is fixed for life. No. Now with the red light meditation, we can apply it to ourselves as this is a moment that I need. I need a breather. I just need quick five seconds. I just need to feel. I just need maybe to hug myself a little bit and say, it's going to be okay. Instead of just reacting and honking to the other one, like, let's go, I'm in a rush, you know, or even another car, just not respecting your, your lane and bumping into you. Instead of just getting the window down and telling the other, hey, what's wrong with you? You know, just stopping and say, okay, maybe I needed to go behind him and I need to go slower. And so you start seeing all and these then circumstances. Push a little deeper. How am I performing this way in other areas in my life? Right. That I'm not permitting those pauses to say, take a breather. What's your view on this? Right. We're not trained to do that. In our culture, we were not trained to do that. We were trained to just fix and just compensate and just react and live fast paced lives. So when we start practicing that to ourselves, it's like developing a muscle and it goes to everywhere. It goes, you know, in an airport that your plane got delayed. Most people are just there miserable, sitting down miserable when they cannot do anything about it. When you're thinking, okay, good. I have more quiet time. Good. I can read more. Good. I need to take a nap. I mean, you just try to see things as they are without just trying to make up for them, trying to make them different. And it goes back to surrender. It goes back to accepting. It goes back into developing that muscle to go within and take the best out of the situation. The first time I experienced surrender and its power And I I just want to be very clear, my friends, that surrender is not immediate gratification. When we moved to the United States, we we were all looking for houses. And I found a beautiful house and I got attached and that's the one I wanted. And one of my sisters was going through a very hard um, time in her life. And my dad said, you know, your sister is in a hurry. So she needs the house. And I was eight months pregnant. And I'm like, you had urgency too. What about my urgency? I need to have a baby somewhere, right? I had a very deep conversation with my sister. We're very close. All the family is very close. And she told me, I feel terribly wrong that this is happening to you Mm -hmm. because my emergency shouldn't be more or less important than yours. But it feels wrong to say this, but it's the right thing to say. Let go and the universe will respond. And I remember having so much disgust right. to her comment. Right. And I'm like, uh-huh, yeah, right. Yeah, right. I'm going to deliver keep, anytime. Keep the house and mm-hmm. I'll go back to the 
condo that has no elevator because that's how we were, right? <laughs> and look where I live now. It all turned out. It all turned out. I even ended up being neighbors with my parents. It I did out surrender. Perfectly. It took two years. For you to understand. No, for the house to manifest. Oh, wow. But it did. It did. I, I ended up, she was a block away. And I, that's like as close as I could get to my parents. Mm -hmm. I ended up next to them. Next to them. And, and that's the power of surrendering. If you truly let go and say, life will unfold, we will look for opportunities. Thanks to that time, I was able to define myself as a mother. I was able to... have to your baby, receive your baby, settle down. Settle down. Right. And then that's where abundance come and gratefulness. And so actually my sister was my teacher. And it's pretty amazing that when I feel that disgust, I go back to that and I'm like, good things are going to happen. Mm -hmm. If I let go, good things are going to happen. And the disgust makes total sense. I mean, you felt disgust because they were not taking you into consideration. You felt invisible. So... Of course you would feel disgust. Of course, it's normal. Now you understand your, your reaction. But in that moment in time, honestly, you didn't I fight back. I was throwing a tantrum. Yeah, <laughs> of <laughs> course. I, w I had a home where I could live. All my necessities were, you know, but I, you di knew. I didn't keep what I wanted. You knew that little Lorena was activated in that moment in time. Yes. Because little Lorena wanted her house. Mm -hmm. And it's totally legit. You and know? I'm entitled... Yes. Because I'm pregnant. Yes. And, I, and I'm the same as important as my sister. Mm -hmm. So that was little Lorena speaking. When you see your little child showing up, it is fascinating. And you start laughing about it. I even laugh to my husband and tell him, oh, my God, look at me. You know, I'm just fighting for attention with you. It's very <laughs> funny. Uh, when my husband comes back from work, my younger son and myself, we fight for his attention. And he's like, daddy, daddy, daddy. And I'm like, hey, honey, honey, honey. We're both children. We both want attention. We both, and we both want it from him. And now I have the humor to see it and to laugh about it. And it's like, you know, honey, I crave attention so much that when you come to the house, I'm fighting for it with my son. But, you know, I can see and I say, Marisa, you can wait. Let yeah. the child have her mo his we, moment. We are childs. Uh, three. My times at Padre are catching up with childhood friends. And um, there's this game that one of my nephews gave me, and it's very, like, personal questions. Mm -hmm. And it was, why don't you share something weird that you do that no one knows about? And I'm like, shit, I think I have a lot. <laughs> where, where do I start? And I'm like... Let me give out like the one I feel the most vulnerable uh -huh. since I have my weight relationship, which I think right now is settled. But when I thought I was going to die, the only thing I had stable and was a pleasure was food. Of course. So not only that, once many years ago, a doctor had told me I, I, I had just had a baby and he was like, I'm like, I cannot go to bed. I cannot go to bed. I cannot sleep. And he says, sometimes if you just have like warm oatmeal, that that weight will go to your stomach and you will fall asleep. Okay. Uh -huh. So I made the connection that you need to eat mm -hmm. to fall asleep. Mm -hmm. But Feel I was your a, belly and uh -huh. then go to sleep. But I was a kid. Right. In an, in a 
adult body. Right. So instead of eating healthy, I went to bagels with Nutella. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So I was only, yes, going to bed, but gaining weight. Of and course. I knew that this was not right. So I hid it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you felt ashamed. I felt ashamed of this is the way I go to bed. And actually, it's not nutritious, but I want to live, right? So why are you not giving you fuel, right? Of course. Anyway, the bagels have are long gone. Mm-hmm. My relationship with bagels are long gone. gone. But now they're Cheerios. <laughs> <laughs> now. So I went to mini Cheerios. Okay. But now I can laugh about it. Yes. I can see I'm a little kid, like, gr- grasping onto my little snack. Of and course. when I laugh about it and I'm saying, I'm fine, these two last days, I, I don't eat them. Because I you're, just, you're okay. You don't need them. I just clicked. I don't need them. You know, I, I've had that relationship with chocolate ice cream. Imagine. So, yes. And I had my own little cup. And, you know, my husband laughed about it because after the kids were settled in their beds, I would get my Ben and Jerry's and yummy chocolate therapy, it was called. I loved it. And, you know, I realized that I ate chocolate ice cream when I had too much going on in my life. You know, I was dealing with a lot of things. I was dealing with my children's issues. I was dealing with mental health issues, uh, running in everywhere in my family. And the only moment in time when nobody bothered me, when I felt soothing, loving the flavor of chocolate, it was at night. So I turned on the TV, got my spoon and just I remember eating it so slow. Cherished it. Cherished it. Why? Because we have an emotional relationship with food. We do. We do. And it's it's part of just a loving part of ourselves saying, you know, I'm going to nurture you. I'm going to give you something sweet. I'm lacking sweetness in my life. I'm going to give you something sweet. And for me, it was very releasing to share it with people. Mm-hmm. And now they're like... I'm I'm going to the groceries. Do you need Cheerios? And I'm like, ah, like yeah, now I say, laugh and maybe this week I need them. Yeah, maybe I do, okay. maybe I don't, but it's okay. It's okay. We need to be forgiving with our own traveling selves. We're very harsh and it's okay if that's what what it's giving you. You, you will just release need to be the honest. Cheerios when you're ready. Yeah. You will. I mean, right now Cheerios make me feel good and I know it's something that I'm dealing with and yeah. it's okay. I will be in a Cheerios uh, publicity. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, thank you for sharing. I mean, I assume all of you, my friends, have a lot of little hidden things we do to soothe. We need to remember that we need to soothe. It's a natural instinct and we are all doing our best. There are better practices than others. But once you acknowledge that you're doing it as a soothing mechanism, just embrace it and you will ease off of it if it's the right time. So as I was sharing my story, Marisa, I confess I started having a lot of anxiety just by opening up and I tend to have panic attacks. Mm -hmm. Um, This is new to me as in since I've had my health problems. I felt that I couldn't control anything and I somehow connected in my brain that I can go into crisis mode in any second. So I've been coping with, one, air is for free. You will never run out of air. 
because I would be like the Cheerios example. What if what if there are no Cheerios in Mexico? Mm -hmm. Should I carry my box of Cheerios? Like I started just adding burden mm -hmm. versus liberating myself from right. things. And what I did is just have a peppermint essential oil and stop and breathe to kind of ease into the attack and embrace it and say, Lorena, you're fine. You're safe and acknowledging the surroundings. But this wants this kind of wants me to do this together because mm -hmm. it's been so beautiful and intense. And I think we need to honor this moment. Why don't right. we give it, each other this red light? Of course. And what I would tell you is that you can tell yourself, Lorena, you're not in the past. Today is today. And just acknowledge you're in the present moment. Because somehow your heart is making the present about the past. And just bring yourself back to the present and tell yourself it's okay. Let's do that. Yes. Okay. You guide us. We'll take a deep breath and feel how your lungs expand and then how they release all the oxygen goes inside and feel how you can observe yourself, how you are not your thoughts. You're the observer of your thoughts. There is some space between your thoughts and your heart. Feel how the air is totally abundant. It's not going anywhere. It's not leaving you. It's here for everyone. And you always have your breath. You will always have it there to remember that you are not your thoughts. Whatever is showing up now for you, you're not there. You're in the present. Whatever happened before, happened before. You're today observing yourself and learning from this experience. Lorena Junco Margain, passionate art collector, devoted wife and mother, is already shaken after fleeing Mexico with her family while pregnant due to concerns for their safety. After arriving in her new home in Austin, Texas, she learns she has a tumor on her adrenal gland. Although not life-threatening, the condition is serious and requires surgery right away. Having long experienced unexplained symptoms of dizziness and lethargy that neither medications nor holistic or Ayurvedic treatments have helped, she embraces the news with tears of relief. With a simple surgery, she can regain her strength and joyful spirit. But fate can be mischievous, and to err is human, even for surgeons. Rather than improve after surgery, her condition worsens. On the way to Casa Lotus is the gripping true story of Hunka Margain's journey coming to terms with the permanent consequences of a surgeon's devastating mistake. Mindful that even good people make errors and that vengeance such as legal action would not mend her broken body or soul, she chooses instead to embark on a quest for peace and healing, beginning by seeking space in her heart to forgive. You can get your copy of On the Way to Casa Lotus on Amazon or at LorenaJuncoMargain.com.
On our latest post before you, Marisa, we interviewed a loving mother who has a health condition and Ella, her daughter, she's mm -hmm. 13. She was part of the conversation and I only took part as a moderator. Um, I think that the thing I can share with someone is the power of forgiveness on how it helped me move forward and magic started happening. My kidneys grew and that helps the adrenal, the little bit of adrenal I have. My heart went back to its original size. So miracles happen daily, 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 but it's a muscle, right? We need to work it. And I love ending our sessions always with them sharing a story that that if you could leave it as a legacy of right. who you are, your essence, for example. I already did it on my like three episodes where I said, I forgive myself for feeling that I abandoned my family. I know that's not true mm -hmm. in my logic. That's what you told emotionally, yourself. emotionally, that's how I feel. Right. So I forgave myself and I'm just moving forward because I know that's the right decision for my immediate family mm -hmm. to my true ticking bombs. And, you know, I need to push towards the future and not the past. So I would love it if if it's okay with you, if you can share about yourself and something that you're willing to be vulnerable and to say, this is a starting point and I'm moving forward. Thank you, Lorena. Thank you for the invitation. It is an honor. I am healing myself every single day. And uh, I am also forgiving myself for my mistakes. I am forgiving myself when I for when I was very hard on my children for the times that I could not see what they needed from me. And I was too fixated on what I wanted from them. I am starting to release all those moments when I lost my temper, when I slapped them. I did slap them, even though I'm a par conscious parenting coach. I did, I did go through that. I did grab them harshly and say, hey, listen to me, understand, and then felt terrible, you know? So I'm integrating all that and understanding that I got to that point in order for me to understand that I needed to release, I needed to learn, I needed to just do things differently. Today, six years later that I started studying consciousness, I fully embrace that. I fully embrace that and I understand that I had to go through that. I fully understand my triggers. I understand what they represent to me. I still have a, a, a difficult time, you know. I have struggles every single day. I still feel the triggers of my kids misbehaving, of, you know, not being, my life not being where I want it to be you know, of social social expectations about what other people would think about how is my lifestyle if, it, if it's complying to the expectations where I was brought up, if I am following the script, if I am following the religious ideals that I was brought up, you know. So now that I'm in this path, I'm starting to integrate and I'm starting to wonder if I want to be the true Marisa, or I want to be the constructed Marisa. If every small decision I'm taking 
Is it aligned with how I feel? Is it aligned with what is right in this moment for myself, for my children, for my spouse, for my inner knowing? Or if I'm just doing this because I'm supposed to. So it's beautiful. It's a beautiful path. I'm also understanding where I come from. Why am I this way? And it is beautiful because now I can see, and I've shared this with you before, I'm a perfectionist. I'm a problem fixer. I'm an anxious person. Maybe I don't show it. I show it with a smile. I show yes, it. Okay. So that, show it. that's my facade. But I am very anxious. And now I understand how I mask my anxiety. And when the mask shows up, I know I am anxious. And I know I need some time to myself. And I know I need to go to my happy place. And now I understand where my happy places are and what I need to do. Why? Because I need to show up to the world a cleaner Marisa, a better Marisa. The perfectionist, the rigid Marisa is not going to help here. Is not going to help my children with their challenges. Is not going to build connection with my spouse. I need the confident Marisa, the vulnerable Marisa. And I'm learning. I'm learning as we go. I'm awakening to that authentic self and learning to just not be attached to all those supposed ways that I thought I should be. And when you say I want to go to my happy place, is that a mental state? Yes. It's a mental state. Uh, we all have ways to get there, maybe through art, maybe through sports, maybe the outdoors, maybe going, you know, just for a hike. Whatever it is, just find it and know that is your happy place. And that will take you back home, home to your real self. And just wonder, you know, what's the next step? I want to take the next step coming from my real self. And coming from that self that just irradiates light. And when you dare to do that, things fall into place. Yeah, so... I agree with you. And um, things falling into place, which I praise your perfectionism. I mean, normally we have this script done by someone else and you scripted it. That's how talented you are. And I think you have complete awareness on knowledge but I would invite you if you could read it exactly as you did because sure. you were so pure and so your your penmanship was soft and seeing the soft Marisa I think is healing for you and and now Lorena that I want to share with you guys is that I protected myself but by not feeling and now that I'm going to be turning 40 I'm giving myself permission to feel. My children are the first ones that made me feel. I had to feel in order to help them. But now I am feeling for myself. And it's not nice to feel. Everything shows it's up. It's uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. I actually, it happened for me a couple of months ago. My husband and I were going on vacation. The kids were going to summer camp. And we had a whole week to ourselves in a cabin, you know, in the woods. And I said, okay, you're ready to feel. <laughs> This is your job. You're going to feel, Marisa. Guess what happened? I mean, my back was stuck. 
Oh, I couldn't yeah. walk. I mean, I couldn't do what I loved. Why? Because all these emotions that I've been stuffing body. down, yeah. they just came up. And I couldn't catch up on them. So the body was speaking for me. And I, I had to honor it. And I said, well, honey, I wanted our vacation to be, you know, yay, let's go. We took our bikes. We were supposed to go swimming on a lake. And yeah, I did that, but with pain. Mm. So I was in touch with my pain. All the pain that I hadn't processed during the pandemic year, being a mommy, doing all this and that, and just juggling around the house with everything, all these expectations that I have on myself. And then kids went to a summer camp. I had time to be in the wilderness that I love with my, pers my favorite person in the world, my best friend. And guess what? My body got in shock. So... We don't want to feel because we don't want to deal with the uncomfort of feeling. And, of, and of being vulnerable. And cleaning the mess. <laughs> you know, it gets messy. Yes. So, I mean, but I honored it. I needed to feel that in order to move on. And yes, I had to feel. And after that, you know, I got in touch with myself. You know, yes, I've been carrying all this. And now it's manifesting and having a terrible backache. And I need rest. Which resembles what you're carrying with. Right, right. So yeah, sure, I'll, I'll share with you um, what I wrote. And I said, I'm about to turn 40. I am tired of trying to be who I am not. Trying to fit in to feel good enough. Demonstrating to others is not as appealing to me anymore. So who am I? What is my purpose? What do I love doing? I think these are questions women have at a certain moment in their life. Some answer the call, others try to ignore it, because it is too scary to leave the unknown. Ask yourself if you're acting out of fear or abundance, out of obligation or alignment. Are you in the past or are you in the here and the now? Anxiety reactivity, and distractions will always be there, but now I am learning from them. My vulnerability and daily battles remind me where I come from and invite me to look deep for answers. I am doing my personal best to have self-compassion, to place loving boundaries, and challenge myself to break my patterns. As I explain in Conscious Parenting, This is the ultimate gift you can give your children. You may start by making small decisions that align to what you love doing and make more sense to who you really are and not who you're supposed to be. The guiding question is simple. Does it feel good to me? Question your belief systems and do your best to identify when you're trying to be the good girl, the pleaser, the rebel the good student, the good friend, to feel validated and good enough. I am trying not to be afraid of what other people think of me and just be me, even though it is scary to face rejection and loneliness. Maybe I will disappoint my parents, my friends will stop calling me, or my marriage will crumble. I am working on feeling more deserving, deserving of luxury and enjoyment, of receiving praise and accepting it, 
of being loved, of being in the spotlight, of self-care and relaxation. I ask myself, if I had zero fear in my life, how would I construct it? We are all on the same boat, each of us struggling with our own insecurities. When we understand this and accept our own, we don't see ourselves as better or worse than and start seeing each other with compassion. And this is it. This is my journey. That's beautiful. Thank, Thank you, Lorena. You it sharing. comes from my heart. This is where I'm now. And I want to tell everybody, you know, I don't have the perfect life. I have challenges every single day. But this is my mantra. This is how I want to live them. And you transmit it. And I think that you're doing an amazing job on inspiring us all listeners that it takes intention and one decision of living in the now and you just move forward and live your be better version of yourself. Thank you for sharing this with us. And I will make sure to remind you about your view of your 40. Please do. Please do what I need it. <laughs> That's what <laughs> we're, we're on the same path. For. We're and whenever you need me, I will be here for you too. Thank you, Marisa. Thank you. Thanks for listening to On My Way with Lorena Hunko Magain. We'd like to invite you to send us your thoughts and any questions from this podcast by emailing Lorena at LorenaHuncoMargain.com. You can also reach out to us directly through our website by clicking the link in the show description of this podcast. Special thanks to executive producer Casey Helmick, studio engineer Joseph Olguin, audio and video editor Scott Caro. This podcast is a production of Terra Firma and recorded from the historic Arlen Studios in Austin, Texas.